Welcome to Mental Health in Minnesota podcast produced by NAMI Minnesota's Multicultural Young Adult Advisory Board. This is a podcast series that centers education, empowerment, and engagement surrounding mental health within communities of color. NAMI Minnesota is a nonprofit organization dedicated to improving the lives of all Minnesotans affected by mental illness. Visit NAMI Minnesota online at namimn.org. Subscribe to the podcast and listen to more episodes on the NAMI Minnesota website or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to our podcast episode. This one, we are really focusing on how to preserve and prioritize our mental wellness during the winter holidays. Um, so my name is Kabau, and I am NAMI Minnesota's Multicultural Program Coordinator, and I'm also here with one of the Multicultural Young Adult Advisory Board members as well. E.K., do you want to introduce yourself? Absolutely. Hi, everyone. My name is E.K. I've been on MEAP for about a year, uh, and I'm, I'm really passionate about raising mental health awareness in multicultural communities. Beautiful. Thank you so much for joining us, EK. Um, so I really just want to start off with just general well-being. So when you think about, you know, every holiday season up until this one, what do you typically experience? What do you remember from those experiences? Are there aspects that you really enjoy um, or are there aspects that you find really challenging? So I think during most of the winter holiday in the past four years, a majority of my time was spent were spent during like mock trial practices because we have this kind of like um hell week from January the start of January till the end of our to the start of a semester. So a majority mm -hmm. of my time spent was in mock trial, but the rest of like the holiday part. I will spend with my friends, my family. I have a whole family in Minnesota um, mm. who are also McAllister um, grads. Mm. So I can I could actually like experience the real Christmas uh, and New Year's with them. Um, even if I'm an like, international student, uh, I can actually see like how the authentic or American holiday look like. And I really enjoying that atmosphere um, and enjoying that kind of like culture of how like typical Americans celebrating their Christmas and holiday. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to ask too, EK, are there any aspects that you do find challenging at all, um, you know, during the holiday season? I think one of the most challenging thing for me is definitely not be able to go back to home my uh home in China so I will definitely miss a lot um miss my family a lot because of the Montreal practices I'm unable or have sufficient time to go back and when people are celebrating new year in the U.S. um Chinese people often celebrate new years at the start of the February and mm -hmm. I was a quite of like, um, I really like festivals of New Year's 
mm-hmm. the spring festivals, but I was unable to celebrate it with my family in the past four years, and I think that is really challenging for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, definitely. Um, you know, I think you know. Similarly, I um do really enjoy the holiday season. Um, I just feel a lot of um, you know, it's very cozy and warm. It's a, it's really a time to come together as family and friends and, uh, you know, with loved ones and to really just like take time, you know, away, um, with them, you know, and it's when folks, you know, maybe go on vacation or when folks stay home and they're all bundled up. And we definitely see this in Minnesota where it's, um, so cold <laughs> and yeah definitely um, yeah <laughs> you know it was already like it was like 4 p.m and it was already like the sun was setting <laughs> um, yeah so you definitely you feel it you know and so there's something about like being home and having the beautiful lights up and it's for me it's like the traditions I love the traditions um and then I also get to uh celebrate um Hmong New Year which is also really exciting for me and that usually is uh at the later end of November. Um, and so it's it's really fun just to get together and kind of, um, I think of Hmong New Year as like a big fashion show. <laughs> like it's mm. everyone just dresses their best, you know, their most colorful, their prettiest, most unique outfits. Um, uh, someone at NAMI had asked me like, oh, you know, are the clothing that you wear passed down? Um, and I was like, no, New Year is like new you. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, right. you know, yeah, like um, it's not about wearing, you know, something that your grandma uh, wore when she was your age. It's about like wearing something completely new, you know. Um, and during the New Year, you know, in Hmong tradition, they also believe that because New Year lasts 10 days, um, like back in our homeland. So um, during the whole 10 days, you're not supposed to work at all, like in general, like, so no cooking, like no cleaning, <laughs> like um, you're supposed to cook a lot beforehand and then just eat leftovers for all 10 days. Um, wow. And the reason why is because we think that if you work really hard during the new year, during those 10 days, it means that for the rest of that for the rest of the year, you're going to work really hard and you're going to overwork yourself. So it's kind of like, uh, like a fortune, you know? Mm. So, yeah. So during new year, it really is such for Hmong people. It's really a time to relax, slow down, not go anywhere, <laughs> just like celebrate. Um, and I think that's really beautiful that we as a culture knew that rest was important, you know? Um, and I think about the natural world is, is slowing down and um as Hmong people we were also following the natural world and slowing down too um but for me what I find most challenging uh, just living in Minnesota is um the lack of sunlight is really hard for me and um mm. just the cold it's just so frigid you know you can smell the cold <laughs> you know yeah I can I definitely resonate that so being like Minnesota for four years and coming from like a pretty warm region in the chi- in China, mm-hmm. I would definitely like second that if like I have to wear my Canada goose in the <laughs> winter or else I won't survive. <laughs> and I have like I have to like swim to the school every morning because the snow is so like 
like nobody cleaned the snow on my street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, plowing is like such a big thing. <laughs> like, yeah, I... snow plowing is such an important and like complicated <laughs> project to implement when <laughs> snow is just coming down and down. Well, yeah. Yes, totally, totally. Um, so really, in your experience, you know, um, uh, with the holiday season and kind of you know the ups and downs that it brings, you know, missing loved ones, but then also creating new memories and new connections here um, yeah. for EK. So uh, when we think about maybe like uh, social situations, you know, spending time with family or loved ones or friends. Um, how does social support play a role in maintaining your mental health? And are there certain people or communities that really provide that environment for you during the holidays? Yeah, definitely. I think McAllister was definitely my uh, firm supporter during the holiday that it provide as much as many assistance as you need mm -hmm. on during the holiday like you're in need um, and and I think also my whole family which is also through a program that McAllister led that connect with an international student with a domestic family that you can get supported during holiday when your dorm is closed and you have nowhere to go I stayed in my whole family's um, house for the first, very first two years when um like for when you are in like college for the first two years you cannot go out and rent a house mm -hmm. um so I think I definitely get a lot of like su support from my um host family and from school and from the international students program um and I think my friends are also a pretty crucial part in the social support when everybody left for everybody go home but my like my members my team members in mock trial we get to celebrate together we get to practice together on um, mm -hmm. and we have dinner lunch together so I think this kind of like network um and support that really kind of like um made me there or made me here mm -hmm. that I feel supported I feel like um winter holiday is not some time that I have to be sad but sometime that I can't actually rest will also get supported and be really happy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, and would you have any recommendations just because, um, you know, for listeners, um, EK just moved outside of Minnesota and I don't know if you do have any existing connections there, EK, but if you want to speak to how, your social support, what that looks like now for you, just in a new state, you know, in a new region of the United States, what that looks for you, uh, looks like for you now during these upcoming holidays. Yeah, yeah, I think that's definitely playing a pretty different part right now here, because I got to know new people and get to meet with new people. And it's really hard to kind of like build that whole social support network framework from this from scratch. So I think one really crucial thing when you're moving to a new place, it's I think I will definitely recommend to stay with uh to rent an apartment with some roommates, to share an apartment with somebody else. And mm -hmm. especially those that you share like a common culture or mm -hmm. um common backgrounds and really share some great values. 
I think I definitely got a lot of support from my roommates in the past semester. Um, and I think the second thing I would recommend is definitely to have a pet if you really like animals, like me, because I really got a lot of support and comfort from my cat that I brought from Minnesota all the way down to Boston in Massachusetts. I think I really de- got a lot of support from him, though. Like he got sick recently, and I had <laughs> to take him to the emergency room. And it was my roommate. When my boyfriend is like like pretty far away from me, he's mm-hmm. in Providence right now. And when I need somebody to support me, my roommate was there, and she accompanied me to bring my cat to the emergency room. When I was freaking out, my roommate was there, like supporting me. So I think. Definitely to stay with somebody when you're in a whole new place, on、um, mm-hmm. and you need to know like new people. I think living with somebody else is a really easy way that don't really have to spend a lot of social energy, but、mm-hmm. still get to know each other and support each other quite easily. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, like you've got your own space, but you know that they're just a few steps away, or they're just yeah text away. Um, exactly. I love that. I love that.、Um, and for me, I don't have pets, not because I don't want them, but、um, in the、uh, space that I'm living right now, it doesn't allow for any pets. <laughs> so,、oh. um, but in the future, I am just manifesting pets for me、um, because I I love that. You know, you don't have to explain anything to them. You don't have to justify why. You're yeah.、Doing. Exactly. And I think cats, or I mean, you know, cats and and just you know, just pets in general, they just have this like sense that maybe other humans may not, you know, and they kind of know when to comfort you and and what to do, and um, it's very like uh, uh, it really brings you to the present, you know. They're very good at being mindful. <laughs> yeah, they're just so simple and pure. Yeah, you don't really have to do anything,、yeah. like. You don't have to think about oh how should I talk to this person, how、right. should I build that kind of like social network, and <laughs> how do I like like act nice in front of people? You just have to be yourself,、mm-hmm. and your power will just be with you, like right now. I love that. I love that. We should do another episode just on pets. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Well, that kind of moves us to the next、um, question I wanted to go into here, which is, you know, when we think about like boundaries as well and communication,、um, are there strategies that you use,、um, you know, just throughout the year, but maybe especially during the holidays when you really do want to express your needs to someone else or even concerns with them during this time? Are there communication strategies that you have found that have been really effective? Yeah, I don't really think I'm a really good example here, cause <laughs> back in China, like in our in my like original culture, mental illness is not something that is viewed as um a good thing.、Mm-hmm. People are inclined to are disinclined to talk about it and to think about it as a true like illness. They think mental wellness is something something that people should manage themselves instead of like seeking support and help from other people. In the past, my mother didn't like 
think um, depression is kind of a disease. She think that she thought that depression. I got depression was because I had some problem that I should fix it by myself、mm-hmm. instead of like seeking additional support.、Mm-hmm. But I think in this process, I kept like telling her that this is a problem and、mm-hmm. I need support to get me through out of this.、Mm-hmm. And definitely, like the like the big environment. Back in China, people should actually realize that this is really a problem, and we should actually emphasize, like the health, mental health, wellness, well-being of every single student in a school. That we should support them, support their privacy, all this confidentiality, this all these re- issues are related to、mm-hmm. support these students. But I think this really um. A lack of this kind of realization in the whole society back in China, and also it's really hard for my、uh, parents who did not have like an education that has a part telling them that mental health is important or mental illness is something, isn't a illness. So, but I'm pretty glad after like have telling my mother. And my mother was also like really actively seeking some resources, our、uh, seminars about telling what mental illness really is and how to combat depression. She started to kind of like understand what I was going through, why、mm-hmm. I'm struck, why I was struggling, where why I became what I am right now. I used to be a really extroverted person, but I like when I. When I go back, when I went back home and suddenly become really introvert, my mom was like so surprised,、mm-hmm. and he was like, she was finally realizing there's something happening、mm-hmm. in me that's completely changing my、um, behavior and、mm-hmm. personality as well. So when last time when during our conversation,、um, she as a pharmacist was actually like. Recommending me some like、um, medicine to take or some like food to take that will be beneficial for my、uh, symptoms or when I'm going through really hard times. So I think I'm really happy about this process of transforming from knowing nothing and not understanding me, but right now supporting me and trying to learn more to understand me. And I'm really grateful that my mother is making this kind of like changes and transition for me. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, and just the ability to listen and to take what you were saying and experiencing seriously, I think, is huge too. Um, and especially as someone who you know did raise you and and loves you, you know, um, I think that's huge to see as a young、yeah. person. Um, just like wow, ad- adults can change, <laughs> and、yeah. they, they can listen. Yeah, that's huge. Um, and I'm so glad that you were able to get to that place with your mom too. That's awesome. Thanks, thanks. What about you, Kabel? Where do you have any like recommendation or strategies that you think you can like talk about? Um, you know, it's it's tough for me just because, um. 
now that I live, you know, outside of my parents' home, um, I don't have to worry too much about the boundaries because physically I'm I'm separated from them. Um, but even in communicating, um, you know, I learned this really great framework from my therapist, and it's it's being firm while also still like respectful. And I think that was something that, um, you know, I never really knew how to do as a young person. I just never really had learned that from my family growing up. Um, so like, I never really knew how to like ask for something um, or how to say I was feeling a certain way. And then if I did feel a certain way, I didn't know how to, um, how to change that, like how to, uh, you know, kind of reach equilibrium. You know, if I was really, I didn't know how to calm myself down and I was feeling really sad. I didn't know how to get myself back up to feeling okay, you know? So, um, but the framework really is just like, I feel blank when blank happens and I need blank. <laughs> and it's been mm. really helpful for me just like um, being able to get in tune with my emotions knowing what was like the trigger or what was the scenario um, and then saying, here's what I need to mend what has happened. Um, and it's, it's so short and concise, but it gets everything said and done, you know, and I, it's a framework that I really um, have been trying to implement more just everywhere. Um, but, um, you know, I do this with folks that I already have like pretty healthy boundaries and communication styles with um, first, because I like to kind of test it with them. <laughs> and then when, mm. I feel more, when I feel more comfortable, then I'll try with people whom I might not have, you know, the healthiest boundaries or communication styles with, but um, it's been huge for me, or I'm sure you can do it with like a, a pet, you know, <laughs> too, you know, who are not yeah. judgmental, you know. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. So that's been really helpful for me of just like, I feel so upset when, you know, um, when this work doesn't get done, and I really need this work to be done by the end of day, you know, or whatever it is. Um, mm -hmm. and it's so short, you know, it's just a quick statement. And it doesn't need to make you feel super uncomfortable or awkward when you talk about your feelings, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right, so now that we're already kind of talking a little bit about maybe these scenarios that maybe might trigger you or make you feel, you know, maybe really overwhelmed in any way, um, how do you manage them? You know, if there are any particular kind of holiday related triggers, you know, what are they if you feel comfortable sharing? And then how do you manage them? Um. Yeah, I think for me right now in my situation, it's really hard for me to socialize with new people. So mm -hmm. to meet new people can be really challenging for me. I have to like um, act as if I'm a normal person <laughs> that I can <laughs> talk to people. <laughs> but I think definitely... Um, it really depends on the situation. If I really have to stay with a new person for a really long time, mm -hmm. then I will be more comfortable with not talking to start with, but to gradually to get to know that person. Um, but if it's in a situation in a really like short period of time that you have to have dinner with that person, 
then I will try my best to think about topics that I can talk about um, mm-hmm. with that person to mm-hmm. avoid awkwardness. <laughs> yeah. So I think um, this can be really challenging for me, but definitely I will overcome as much as possible to avoid awkwardness. <laughs> I'm kind of the same way too. Um, and I, you know, <laughs> I also want to pose. My therapist always asks me such great things. <laughs> and it reminds <laughs> me, you know, she she asked me, you know, uh, you know, when maybe you feel scared to do something or hesitant or reluctant, um, she'll ask me, what is the fear? Yeah. You know, and for me, I very much, as much as I don't want to, I very much care about how people perceive me. Um, and I think, yeah. and I, at least for me, you know, just having been uh, raised and, you know, growing up here in Minnesota as like a Hmong person who is very, you know, Hmong passing <laughs> in my appearance, um, I think I was always kind of wary of like, oh, what will they think of me? And what will they say about me? Um, and just like, that's kind of how Hmong families are. We just, we love to talk. We love to gossip. The Hmong community is very small. <laughs> so everyone knows everything about everyone, you know? Um, so I, you know, so especially, you know, it was especially heightened, you know, because I was like, oh gosh, what if they think I'm X, Y, and Z? And what if, you know, this happens and and I, I'm not prepared. So I think an, a trigger for me as well is like, um, the lack of control. <laughs> I hate not mm. have control over things <laughs> um, because then it might get awkward or it might get kind of uncomfortable or, yeah, you know, and then, and then I feel responsible for it. You know, I don't know if that's true for you, EK, but I'm I just- would definitely resonate with you. Like, <laughs> I think every points that you just talked about are just completely the same that I was like experiencing and mm. thought about. Mm. And Raised in, like, kind of, like, the Chinese um, traditional educational system, I also, like, really care about how other people perceive perceive me. And I think a lot of, of my behavior really was changed and gu- or guided or restricted by mm-hmm. that kind of, like, thinking. But now mm-hmm. I'm kind of, like, changing to a mode of, I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> why why can you judge me like who are you <laughs> I'm more of this kind of like thinking and I think this really helps to release a lot of stress that I was experiencing mm. because I care too much about how other people perceive me right now I'm like more about I should care myself I should care about myself more than the others that's mm-hmm. what really important. That's what really matters. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that. Yes. yes. Yeah. Reprioritizing yourself. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. So, I think especially as even as like women of color too, just um, at least this is very true for me. Like I feel like I have to be very good at noticing what other people need as well yeah Uh, kind of being like a good host almost you know but I never really get to turn it off you know so being able to say like hey I'm also important and I can 
um yeah make people feel you know good too you know definitely we could we just want to do reflecting yeah okay beautiful so um looking back at previous holiday seasons how have your coping mechanisms and mental health strategies evolved or changed over time I think my coping mechanism definitely changed a lot in a way that I how I perceive myself. I was I used to care a lot about my body shape a lot, and after I gained like about uh twenty five kilograms in the U.S. of eating really healthy food here, <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, I think my perception of myself really changed a lot that I don't really have to care about how other people perceive me, but how I perceive myself. Am I satisfied with what I am right now regarding how I look, mm-hmm. how I am, where I am, um, what achievement I have made? I think, especially in the holiday season when you are kind of reflecting what have you achieved in the past years, in the past year mm-hmm. right it really like make you think oh do I need to change myself myself and making like new year's resolutions that I should lose weight I should go to this program next year I need to find a new job I think the new year's resolution used to be like a really good thing when you have hope in the future mm-hmm. well at the same time also put some like real like stress additional stress on yourselves so in the past few years I've ne- I've like started not making any new year resolutions mm-hmm. but new year wishes of me being healthy happy and be with people I loved so mm-hmm. I think that kind of mechanism really changed of not really having to make any re- new year's resolutions of putting on additional stress on myself that I really need to have to achieve this in the next year, but simply prioritizing my own wellness first. Mm. Yeah. I love that. And it's so holistic too, you know, yeah. just about like your physical wellness or just, you know, your spiritual wellness or your financial wellness, but it's like so holistic. Like, I just want to be happy and healthy. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, you touched on something too, even about like the ways that our bodies change throughout the year and years. And especially during the holiday seasons when uh, coming together always means food, you know? Yeah. Um, and always like, you know, very delicious and abundant and nourishing food. And I think that, you know, at least I'll speak for me. I feel like especially I think um for in the Hmong community, there is kind of this sizeism. And I see it, you know, in, in Western cultures too, but um, you know, like we sometimes say like, oh, like there's like Asian size and then there's like Western size or like US size. Um, like I'm like an extra large in Asian size, you know, but I, I would be like a medium in the US. Um yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, so I really see the struggle too with like being um uh with wanting to be small and dainty and not take up a lot of space. Yeah. Um and then I think it's hard during the holidays when you do see family that you haven't seen since the year before and maybe you've gained some weight, right? And but like the the negative 
statements that are said about your body. And I think especially I want to think about my mom. She is very blunt um, and she doesn't mean to say things to be rude, but she sees them as like just an observation, you know? And so I remember when I had taken yeah. a trip to Japan and I came back and she was like, she was like, your cheeks have gotten rounder. <laughs> you know? Oh my God. You know? And I know. I know. <laughs> I know that feeling. Yeah. And so it's, it's like, and, you know, and, and I don't, I don't live with my mom and our conversations are, you know, through phone calls and texts, but, uh, and she wouldn't necessarily say that over text, but when I'm in person, you know, she would probably say something like that. Um, so just, just like preparing yourself <laughs> for that, you know, just like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's so funny. I feel like, you know, in a lot of Asian cultures, it's like, eat, 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 don't say no. But then it's like, wait, why did you gain weight? <laughs> you know, like, well, that's like, just like the same, exactly the same. My mother yeah. will always say, like, really bluntly, as your mother, probably a, a bit more bluntly, my mother is like, he, she just kept saying, you're so fat, you're so fat. Mm -hmm. And then during like holiday, um, she will just like, eat more, eat more, eat yeah. this, <laughs> eat, try that. Yeah. Why didn't you try more? Like, why did you stop eating? Like, yeah, that's just Asian parents. Yeah, I guess. it's like, oh, it's never good enough. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, I want to end on a happy note. So, EK, if you just have some words of wisdom, some advice that you want to give to people, you know, to young people of color who are maybe going home for the holidays or spending time with loved ones, what piece of advice would you have for them? I will definitely say prioritize your own wellness, definitely. And it's good to stay with families or don't have to think about any other, like, uh, stressful thing of how your look has changed, whether you're gaining weight, getting fat, but simply enjoying that kind of chance of staying with your family and loved ones mm -hmm. while still, like, prioritizing your wellness and enjoying the holiday that's all mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I would say you know um everyone has a family sometimes life chooses it sometimes you choose it um you know but chosen families are just as important as uh, or maybe even more important for some folks than you know biological families or adoptive fam families um and then I would also say it is okay to say no <laughs> Nice. So this would be mine. All right. Well, thank you so much, EK, for having this conversation with uh with me. I really appreciate it. Um, and for listeners, the Multicultural Young Adult Board does take a break during December. Um, but we will be back in January for the new year with more podcasts. So thank you so much, EK. I appreciate it. Thank you, Cabal. NAMI Minnesota's Multicultural Young Adult Advisory Board provides general information and discussion about medicine, mental health, and related subjects. The words and other content provided in this podcast episode and in any referenced materials are not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. If the listener or any other person has a medical concern, they should consult with an appropriately licensed physician or mental health professional. 
never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it, as research has proven that untreated mental illnesses often display more severe or debilitating symptoms. If you are in a mental health crisis, please call or text 988 or chat with a crisis counselor at 988lifeline.org.